When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. back with another live edition of Bully Ball on the Gold Standard Podcast Network. I'm Jason Aponte, joined as always by Steph Sanchez. Steph, how was your trip? The The flight back good? Yeah, the flight back was great. Um, I'm exhausted. I'm exhausted. Uh-huh. I was out there for like 30-something hours. You know, I flew in the morning of the day before that, had like a Halloween party here at the crib, and you know, that, that was lit too, so... It was, uh, my liver needs some recovering, you know, and, and I need to get some sleep. Steph Sanchez with the humble brag. Absolutely. Speaking of liver recovering, I was playing the Jimmy Garoppolo drinking game last night, and I fear wow. that I should stop playing this game. You should. Um, it's dangerous. The, yeah, the point, or you take a shot every time he throws one in the double coverage. Um, but uh, we're not here to talk about Jimmy Garoppolo or the Las Vegas Raiders. We are here to talk about the San Francisco 49ers. And... Steph, before we get into the game, obviously today is Halloween and the trade deadlines today. So Jalen Johnson is one of the names that's been thrown out there. Jeremy Fowler sends out a tweet saying that the 49ers are one of three teams that are in the market for him as of right now. Steph, I want to ask this first. Obviously, a player of this caliber is great, but is this the fix that the defense needs? I don't know, right? There's so much speculation on what the fix could potentially be. I've seen a lot of people uh, suggest that Steve Wilkes should, you know, go to the sideline because D'Amico, Sala, that energy. Everybody wants Steve Wilkes on the sideline, but do we know that he would even be excited if his defense made a play? Like, (laughs) he would probably just stand there and be like... Yeah, okay, imagine great. like they're all like ju- they're jumping around him and he's just like, <laughs> yeah, that, that's exactly what I imagine. So I don't think that's the fix. I'll tell you that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that one's a little overblown. I've seen people even say we should trade Nick Bosa like, whoa, whoa. you're OK. Whoa, buddy. Um, So there's just a lot of like overreactions going on. One that I like kind of admit is possibly an overreaction. Um, you know, I said after the game, I was like, John Lynch needs to decide if this roster, if this team, as it stands, is even worth, like, you know, throwing more picks, more players at. You know what I mean? Because based on what we've seen these last three weeks, it doesn't seem like any one player could fix what's going on with this team because it's on both sides of the ball. And it could be a coaching issue, right? It could just be, like, a scheming issue. Maybe it's an injury issue. I, I don't know, right? But I don't think there's any one solution for the 49ers problems right now. I think bringing a player in like Jalen Johnson would definitely help. I know a lot of people have mentioned, okay, he could play on the outside. Then you kick Lenore in, in the slot. That would definitely be an upgrade over um, Isaiah Oliver, uh, you know, especially in the coverage game. You know, what was crazy is I was watching the game and I was at the game. So like, there's some things you don't catch. You don't always like Mm -hmm. notice who, 
who was targeted on a certain play, you just see, you know, guys catching balls. Pause. Um, but I, Isaiah Oliver, I thought was having a good game because I was like, yo, like he he had like that fumble, um, like recovery. He might have punched it out too. I, I don't know if I if I saw that, but I was like, in the run game, he's actually making some plays here and there. So I was like, oh, like he's having a great game. And then people are like, is this satire? When I tweeted, I was like, oops, <laughs> I, I wasn't really noticing everything, but mm-hmm. um. Yeah, so obviously I think, you know, someone like Jalen Johnson could improve the defense, but are we sure that if it's a scheme issue, if it's a Steve Wilkes issue, is that going to fix all of their problems, or will they still struggle even with Jalen Johnson there? I think it's a little of column A and a little of column B, right? Like the 49ers definitely should add somebody, right, especially with the amount of money that they have and with the all-in nature of this team. But it is things that need to be fixed on the inside, right, schematically. The, the pass rush and the coverage is not married right now. It's just not. One is not helping the other out. And what makes it disappointing is Steve Wilkes is a secondary guy. Mm-hmm. It's like the thing that you're here that you are known for is now the part that you're having the toughest time to figure out. And it feels like Steve Wilkes has been shoehorned into this scheme, right? Like it's not like he brought something over. He's trying to navigate his way through this. And I also want to point out, you know, Steve Wilkes didn't call plays in Carolina. And that is important to note as well, too, right? So it's a little bit of everything, right? Sure. Are some guys underperforming? Absolutely. Is the defense not not schematically playing well and there's just things that they need to change and little things that they can tweak? Sure. Adding someone would definitely help. But it is absolutely right now something that needs to be fixed before they make a move for a player, which is what's going on with the scheme on the back end. And when you see a game, if I would have told you that Eric Armstead would have two sacks, so many pressures, you would have said, oh, wow, this is a bounce back game for the defense. It wasn't at all, actually. Um, And here we are, you know, while we're talking about the trade deadline. And obviously, you know, there's other names. Um, Keith Murphy, thank you for the donation. Past three weeks, the bullies have been getting bullied, for sure. Um, This game was lost in the trenches on both sides, offensive line, defensive line. And then with the trade deadline, you know, everybody wants – Brian Burns, Patrick Sertain, that's not going to happen. None of that's going to happen. Um, hope I'm wrong. But there's something that needs to be fixed inside before a player can come in and save you, right? And I don't think that that's just the end-all fix. It'll help. But you do need to fix the things that are going on with this team. And I'm sure the 49ers are going to make a move. But this game was, again, lost in the trenches. You can't run the ball. You're not finishing. I mean, I don't even know how Joe Burrow got out of that sack. Like, I, I watched the play 10 times. That I still don't understand. Off. I still don't <laughs> understand how this was possible. Mm-hmm. You are now – you have no identity right now these last three weeks. Mm-hmm. What we thought we knew about this team for five weeks is completely gone in three weeks. And life comes at you fast. This is a bye week. You get a chance to shake it off and, and figure things out. I want Kyle Shanahan to get more involved in the defensive stuff. Because he he does understand defenses so well. He does understand what offenses are trying to do. You know, if you're the head coach, you oversee it. All of it, right? Bill Belichick's not an offensive guy, but I bet if he has a problem with something on the offense, he's going to go over there and talk to Bill O'Brien. So you see it all, Kyle Shanahan. You got to get in there and you got to talk to Steve Wilkes. I think what makes this most frustrating for the 49ers fans is Steve Wilkes is an experienced guy, right? At least with Salah, at least with D'Amico, you could say this is the first time that they've ever had this position. This isn't the first time he's ever had a position like this. And the thing you're known for is secondary. 
So that's not working either. And by the way, him going onto the sideline is going to have absolutely no effect. None. None at all. So let's just throw that one out, okay? Because there's plenty of defensive coordinators who sit in the booth and are very good. Don't tell me that Dan Quinn is not a good defensive coordinator because he sits in the booth. If you sit in the booth, make the right calls. That'll give the energy to your team. Put your players in position to win. Him being on the sideline, he doesn't strike me as an energetic guy. He doesn't strike me as a guy like D'Amico and Salah to be like that. So it doesn't make any sense. It's right now, 49er fans and this team right now are grasping for straws to figure out what it is, what could fix it. And now he needs to be on the sideline. No, it doesn't matter. It does not matter. But it's got to be time for Kyle Shanahan to step in and figure this out because at the end of the day, he is a coach on your staff, but you are the head coach. Fangio's in the booth too. Yeah, Fangio's in the booth too for Miami, right? Like a lot of people are in the booth. It's not uncommon. It's just you're used to Salah and D'Amico, and now you have a guy who's a lot more reserved than is in the booth. Because even if he comes down, he's not going to start screaming his head off like Salah used to. Like, that's just not going to happen, stuff. But, yeah, th- <laughs> overall, this game was very frustrating because, like you said, three straight weeks, and we're saying the same exact thing again about this mm-hmm. team. Total team loss, everything <laughs> systemic all the way down, offense, defense, coaching, special teams, all of it not working. And it's frustrating, but I do want to give some hope. The defense, I don't have a fix for. I don't have the, you know, I don't understand the, you know, the coverages. I don't, I think there's, there's alignment issues. You got guys who have to cover somebody who are running over like four yards away. Like you're, you're, you're just not lined up properly. Like there's little things that you can tweak when it comes to that. But offensively, they're still moving the football. It's just backbreaking turnovers now. Mm-hmm. And that's really where it is because I wouldn't even say that the pass rush was bullying them around. I they just can't run the football like they used to, Steph. So what did you think of the offense? Yeah, the offense is definitely discombobulated. I mean, both sides of the ball, right? But I I actually felt watching the game that I didn't feel like the defense is what lost them this game. I understand the final score was 31-17. That looks bad right Mm -hmm. but the defense held them to a field goal then a punt the game at that point is 17 10 it's still like the third quarter like six six ish minutes left and that's when the first interception happened Mm -hmm. so back breaking right like you had a chance right then to tie it and it was it was a good drive to that point like it, 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 this is what's crazy because I know I make jokes about Brock Purdy like turning into Jimmy Garoppolo. You know that that's mostly just to oh, you find stop some. That. You better stop <laughs> that. It, it's just to find some humor in, in all of it, actually, oh, because that's Steph, how I deal no, with. You can't ever. You can't ever yeah, make can't any jokes funny. ever on Forty Nine. Never yeah, no, on Forty Nine Twitter. I, I literally got yelled at. Like, why are you making jokes? Because football does not determine my anger level or anything like that. I always like to have fun. But keep going. Stuff. And people and people forget that at the end of the day, like we're just fans. Like, yeah. not everything has to be analytical. Like sometimes yeah. we we want to just laugh at the situation because maybe that makes us feel better at that moment. So yeah. I know I make jokes about uh, Brock Purdy turning into Jimmy Garoppolo, but obviously he's not Jimmy Garoppolo because even outside of the interceptions, like you can see that he he makes great plays, right? 
But the backbreaking turnovers is a bit of a concern, especially when it's coming. All, all of them seem to be coming at this very like pivotal moment in the game when mm-hmm. you're really trying to get back into it. In the red and zone. that's definitely a concern because shout out JC um, on Twitter. He he was saying, I think it was like a week or two ago. He's like from from the games that I'd seen from like Iowa State, uh, bad Brock would show up when he feels like he would have to win them the game or like he had to shoulder everything. Mm-hmm. And I'm kind of, I feel like I'm seeing that now. Like, so I, I haven't gotten that out of my head ever since I saw that tweet. Cause I'm like, Oh, like it's in these points in the game where he kind of has to save the team and he has mm-hmm. to be this guy has to win the game. Right. So I think like on, on a lot of levels on this team, it's not complimentary football right now. Right. Like you're not having your defense help you out. And if the defense does help you out, then you're having, and you're still playing from behind, then Brock Purdy like throws an interception. Right. And then it goes back to the defense and then the defense is unbalanced because, you know, they were just on the field. Now they got to go back and they're going to give up more points. Um, And so like at the end of the game, we're looking at the defense again, but really like, we should be looking at the offense just as badly because this is the second, is it second, third week in a row? They've scored 17 points now after starting the season, like scoring 30 points every game. Right. So um, yeah, I think, I think we do have to be looking at the offense. I'm looking at Brock Purdy. Like it's not that I think Brock Purdy is bad, but that's something that needs to change. Right. Like the backbreaking um, turnovers and, until we know, until we see that he could, I guess, shoulder the load of this team and be that guy that can be the hero, I think you need everything else to be clicking in order to to win this game. And so I do think, of course, Trent Williams being out, that's part of the reason. Part of the reason. It's not the whole reason, but it's part of the reason that the run game um, has been suffering these past few weeks. Um, but also uh Debo Samuel being out there too because the threat of him in itself like even when he's not even when he doesn't have the ball in his hands like he has an impact on the field right because teams respect what Debo Samuel does and what what he's able to do so we're not seeing that right now we we, we're seeing guys in motion and the defense just like okay (laughs) Mm -hmm. okay so what like (laughs) So I, I think with both of those guys back, and presumably like after the bye week, we'd have those guys back. Um, things should help. We haven't even talked about the fact Aaron Banks is going to be out for a few weeks too. So like, it's not going to get any easier. We've also talked about the fact that their schedule from this point on is brutal. So mm-hmm. it's not going to get easier. They're going to have to figure something out. And I, I'm looking at Kyle, like we're, how we're talking about Steve Wilkes and the defense. I'm looking at Kyle to fix this offense and make oh, some yeah. adjustments. So it's, it's not all on Brock. Okay. But he, I think Brock just needs that better structure around him and needs complimentary football around him uh, to look as good as he does. He can't be the hero um, for based on what we've seen so far. And to be fair, every quarterback needs that, right? We've gotten to a point where we see Josh Allen drop back, drop back, drop back, and then he takes mm-hmm. a dip in efficiency, right? Like, it's it's everybody that needs that. So that's not a, a slight at Brock Purdy. But when you're not running the football and everything relies on throwing the football, you're obviously leaving yourself open to things that can go wrong, right? More interceptions when you throw the ball, more chances that it can be intercepted, pit, you know, bad things can happen. And when a team no longer fears you running the football and you have no play action, you can't even, you can't even do the little things like, 
pull your guard and show run action, which pulls a linebacker away and gives an open window for a throw. When the running game isn't working, the pass game isn't working. And it's that's married as well, too. Like, you still have to be able to show that you can run the football. And you know what's funny is looking at the box score and you look at the numbers, the 49ers averaged over four and a half uh, yards per carry. But all of that is because of Brock Purdy's legs. Now take mm -hmm. his away. Yeah. Take his away and it's, it dips drastically, right? But you have to be able to show run, right? You see a guard pulling, the linebacker reacts to that, he moves, and now there's a window wide open for a throw to Brandon Ayuk. And those are those layups that you were seeing earlier on because of the threat of the run game. Now there is no run game. And now you're asking the young man who is still not in his 20th start to continue to try to, you know, be a hero, be a hero. And we've seen many quarterbacks. We say this all the time about Justin Herbert, right? Well, someone's got to help him with the run game or somebody's got to run the ball a little bit more. Same thing with Josh Allen. A lot of guys are like that. Most of the time, most quarterbacks are going to fail when you drop back, drop back, drop back, drop back. And especially compounding the problem is you're playing from behind. You're playing from behind. And of course, obviously missing Trent Williams and Debo Samuel is is a big deal. But some of the things that are happening aren't like, hey, Trent Williams wasn't there, right? I could say in the run game, Jalen Moore needs a little bit of help. But Jalen Moore was actually, he's been all right. You know, honestly, I was way more afraid of him um, against pass rush. He's been all right. He's been fine. Um, but it's the run game, right? The identity. Where is it? Where's running the football? Where are you being able to, you know, draw defenders' eyes away and, and have them bite on the run and go back to throwing? All of those things are married, and it's just not happening right now. So, again, when you look at the offense, this is the, the, the part where I get positive is you can fix this, though. You can fix it, though. Like, you can. And I can already hear it. Well, Mike McDaniel will probably figure it out. And Nah, we're not doing that. We're not doing that, right? They're going to figure it out, and they will fix it, right? But – they don't have a lot of time. Jacksonville is next. Seattle twice, who, by the way, just got better. Thanks a lot, New York Giants. Um, the Philadelphia Eagles, thanks a lot. Tennessee Titans for helping them as well, too. How much help does Jalen Hurts need? Now you're starting to see things shape out because now we've got an eight-week sample size. And now we're figuring out who teams really are. The other thing that I will say is this team peaks at the end of the year, right? And we have history of that with Kyle Shanahan, where last year they were three and five. They figured it out. They get Christian McCaffrey. There is no Christian McCaffrey-like player out there that's going to transform the offense or the defense, by the way. Like, it's, it's just not, not this year, right? So there is no fix for that. But you do peak at the end of the year. You hope that all the injuries kind of subside and you've got them out of the way now and everybody is healthy down the stretch. So there is precedent for the 49ers fixing things. But to see it erode this fast – after that five-game start, when people were even questioning if they'd ever lose again, um, it's concerning because, again, it feels like the 49ers are grasping at straws trying to figure out what the fix is. It's not, I have the answer. It's, I hope this works. And that's the scary part. It's like, please let this work instead of, all right, this is it, and let's fix it, right? So you hope that this bye week is filled with preparation, with Kyle Shanahan getting into the defensive uh, the defensive coordinator's ear, fixing things, and guys are getting healthy, even though Aaron Banks is going to be out. Like, you, when you hear he's going to be out multiple weeks, it's like, man, he has a bye week this week. My God, like, he's, he would have missed this week and more weeks. <laughs> um, it's just, it's it's all a perfect storm of circumstances for why this team has, has fallen the way that they have the last three weeks. 
And Kyle Shanahan said after the game, or sorry, yesterday, Monday, when he spoke to the media, that when watching the film, it looked like they were slow and tired. It's week eight. It's week eight. Like, you expect to go to the Super Bowl if you're that tired after eight weeks. Like, and you're not looking like a first-round bye team right now. So Mm -hmm. that you can maybe throw that out of the window. So you're just making your life more difficult by dropping all these games. They're missing tackles. I think we're seeing a lack of effort from some guys on both sides of the ball. They've looked slow and tired for three weeks, if if that's the case. And to me, that's more a lack of motivation. And I thought this team came out hot because they had one goal in mind, and every game in their minds was a stepping stone to getting to that point. Now it's kind of reminding me right now of, like, the Warriors team uh, and, and the toll of a really long season. And, you know, all the Bay Area slash Warriors fans, uh, if you know, you know. Mm-hmm. Because the Warriors, like, they knew how good they were, like, may, and maybe subconsciously, you know, you feel you can afford to drop games because you know when it's time to lock in, you can be anybody. And, oh, like, we'll, we'll do that eventually. At what point does that get – like, at what point are you just kind of, like – depending on that and at what point does that become a problem yeah because there's going to be one day you're not going to be able to you know Mm -hmm. get over that hump that you created for yourself Mm -hmm. but you know the the difference with the 49ers now and the Warriors then is the Warriors had already won rings when they started Mm -hmm. getting to that point and at that point they were dynasty chasing 49ers are still looking for one ring with this like current regime right And so at that point, I'm wondering, like, is it coaching that every year we see this with this team, like just this lapse of motivation, these slums starting slow, all these things that jeopardize you getting that, you know, number one seed and then making it more difficult on themselves. And to me, I just feel like every player, every coach has a hand in that. They they have no one to blame but themselves for what's going on right now. Yeah, and again, you can't just you can't just rely on history. Well, we did it last year, or we did it the year before, or we did it two years ago, or three years ago, right? Precedent can give you comfort because you've seen it happen, but you shouldn't be relying on precedent, right? And they're, like they're, Jay, they're literally saying like the fact that they're saying this after like these games is concerning mm-hmm. because like mm-hmm. now you know like they. They have it in their heads like, well, we've done it before. So like literally like Nick Bosa said it, I'm sure like I heard another player say it. So and they said the same thing last year, too. So that's the thing that's concerning. That's that's not going to happen every single year. You can't depend on it. Yep. And Jimmy Garoppolo is not walking through that door. Hey, oh, <laughs> hey, look, you got to laugh. You just got to laugh. All right, guys, it's a bye week. Let's let's chill out. All right, <laughs> let's chill out. Let's hit the reset button. I think this bye week is good, not only for the 49ers, but it's good for fans as well. Although you could contend, right, uh, that now that there is no game to be played, there's so many more things to focus on. And maybe there will be a little bit more of a, a worrisome feeling when there's no bye, you know, and when there's no game. Um, but the trade deadline at least is here. So maybe the 49ers will make a move, get people excited, things like that. But yeah, I think the where I'm at with it right now is all this stuff is fixable though, right? Like it is. And I and I do I do look at that and I and it gives me some level of confidence and comfort because I have a hard time believing that this team just forgot how to play football and things are just going to continue this way, right? It, it's I keep saying it after like these last two games and this third game. 
But I have a hard time believing that this is where this team is all of a sudden. They may not be the team that you saw the first five weeks, but they're certainly not this team that you've seen the last three, right? The answer is somewhere in the middle. And I do think that there is a chance for this team to to fix things and bounce back. Um, again, I, I just, I believe in the, the talent. I believe in the coaching. I, I, I've seen it too many times. Um, just when you think that you've got this team knocked out, all of a sudden they go on a run and everything as well too. A lot of the stuff that's going on are the turnovers on offense. It's just, it, they're just backbreaking. Like they're, they're in the red zone when you should have points. And it's like, you look up at the numbers and if I would have told you that Brock Purdy was going to throw for 300 something yards and Kittle was going to have a buck 40 and, and Ayuk's going to have a hundred, you would have said, man, the 49ers are rolling in this one. Right? Like, but when you look at those numbers and then you realize that the reason that they were throwing the football so much was one, that they were behind. And then two, um, because they can't run the football. Um, that's the part that you need to contextualize. And, you know, Brock Purdy, two fourth quarter turnovers for the second straight week. It's it's shocking with Purdy, too, because you hadn't seen the turnovers. Sure, almost interceptions are 49er fans' favorite thing to discuss, right? Almost, well, he almost intercepted. He almost, which is, to me, an almost interception is an incomplete pass. But now the turnover luck is turning a little bit now, right? Like, mm-hmm. now a crazy interception by that lineman, uh, what's his name, Pruitt? That, that was... That was incredible, man. Like, that's that's an incredible play. But you have to tip your hat. But it is also a red zone interception. And, um, yeah, it's it's happening at the wrong times. I mean, there's never a right time to turn the ball over. <laughs> but it always seems like you said, Steph, in a critical moment, now it's happening. Um, and that's an issue. You know, that's the issue, right? Like, you're not going to be able to win when you turn the ball over three times. You're not going to win when you can't get off the field on third down. You're not going to win when you have no sort of pressure. Like, all of those things can be true. So there's a lot for them to fix. Um, I don't know if I'm comforted anymore by saying, hey, it's everything. Because <laughs> it's not just one thing. I don't know if that's comforting me anymore. Um, but it is everything. It really is everything. And and it's just the NFL has a weird way of, like, knocking you down a peg and saying, hey, man, like, you really think that you're up here like that? Nah. You know, guys come to play. And give the credit to the Bengals, man. That looked like the team that everybody believed was going to be in the AFC Championship game or the Super Bowl, right? Like that, Joe Burrow looked like that guy again. His calf looked a lot better. Um, Higgins and Chase are incredible. Joe Mixon, thanks a lot for hitting the sneeze and the big stepper at the at the end of the game. Like, my God, I know you're back home, but my God, man, did you have to, like, go all the way in with all of the, the dance moves? Um, the Bengals are really good. The Bengals are really good. And whatever happened before that week, that was not the team that showed up on Sunday. That's the team that everybody thought the Bengals would be. So it's like, anything I, else? Like, Jay, I, like, I respect these teams, but at the same time, like, I'm so tired of giving, like, opposed opponents, like, their props. Uh-huh. Like, uh-huh. we've been doing this for the last three weeks. It's like, wow, yeah. like, credit to Kirk Cousins. He had, like, the game of Kirk his Cousins life last week. Kirk Cousins did have a good week. game. And then it's like Joe Burrow. Man, credit to Joe Burrow, man. Like, he Joe Burrow's like up. that, though. I, but that's what I'm saying. Like, I'm I'm tired of it, man. Like, what happened <laughs> to the days of us like making Humbling guys them. look silly out there? Exactly. Right. I'm like, so I'm I'm just a little tired. Yet, like, yeah, credit to them. You know, Browns defense is great and whatever. But the Seahawks just beat them too, so that doesn't make me feel great. Um, yeah, man. I'm just I'm just tired of it. I need to see uh, something something change at at what some point to feel like this is a different team and they're not pretenders because right now to me to me based on what we're seeing they they kind of look like pretenders you know Mm. if any other team in the nfl let's say the eagles had this exact like you know Mm -hmm. 
eight game stretch, we would be laughing at them and calling that's, them pretenders. That's what so, I've been like, saying. I've been saying the same thing. Keep that same energy with your own team, same, man. Keep that same energy. So it's not overreacting. Like I think based on what we know right now, I don't even know who the 49ers are. Right. I don't know what this team is because the first five games of the season, like the be- the best game they had was against the Cowboys, but they haven't looked like that team ever since. If I'm looking at the games before that Cowboys game, most of it, it was against like way lesser opponents, right? Like you're looking back now and you're like, oh, okay. Like that makes, <laughs> like that makes more sense why they were able to dominate. So like, I really don't even know. Um, but I feel better that they beat the Cowboys. So yes, they could do it again. They could be that team again, but I don't, I don't know how. Right. And you're like, you're saying it doesn't help to think it's everything that's being an issue. I think there is, there is probably one thing and I don't know what that one thing is, but it would, it would be a domino effect to helping everything else. Right. Like on both sides of the ball, like we're talking about the pass rush. I think, I think on the defensive side, it's clear that the pass rush needs to needs to change somehow. And so we're talking about like that disconnect from the coverage and and the defensive line. I don't know how you fix that, but like clearly, like that's the issue, right? On this defense. And then on the offense, like you got to be able to run the football. <laughs> and if you're not running the football and you're not run blocking uh well, then yeah, like that's that's obviously going to be an issue for Brock Purdy. That's going to be an issue for everything else and not being able to get points on the board, not being able to finish all these things. Right. So it's a domino effect. So while it is everything, I do feel like there are, if they fix those two things, it could go a long way to, you know, to getting right back on track. Absolutely. And yeah, again, complimentary football, everything you want to make sure you keep the kid um, not throwing the football a ton of times, you know, not trailing, um, and just in good positions, like, and that's just where they haven't been. So do you think some Niners players go to Cabo during the bye? Hey, if that's going to help them, um, I hope so. You know, <laughs> I I want this team to relax, flush it, fix it, take some time, hang out with your family, hang out with friends, you know, whatever. But I also want 49er fans to do that too. Like, I want you guys to, like, enjoy yourself. Like, hey, look. Grass. Yeah. Yeah, and, and you know grass. what? Sunday, we can't get hurt. Unless it's about fantasy football, right? So that's a good thing, right? Like we, or can we get hurt? Well, I can't. My fantasy team doesn't lose, Jay. I don't know about yours. Wow. Unreal. Jay lost me. Jay lost me in our league last week. Just saying. And it's always her. It's it's the second year in a row. Like I literally, I have like this, I have the like the I'm greatest like the dynasty team in the world. And every time it's just I run into stuff. The only reason she doesn't get me in the playoffs is because somebody thankfully knocks her off like before like we get there. And I'm just like, thank God. Um well, nobody cares about our fantasy football teams, but yeah, look, the the fix isn't something that's like this magic thing, right? But you can simplify it to the same things like hey. Run the ball, get back, find your identity, fix some little things on defense. Um, and Rob says the we need the Ravens to beat Seattle. I'm a big Ravens fan anyway. So let's go, Lamar. Let's go, uh, Justin Tucker. I love kickers. Um, so <laughs> so I mean, there there is a fix for it, right? And it's not some magic potion or anything like that, but you can simplify it and just get down to the basics and get back to the little things, mm-hmm. right? And yep. I think a lot of that starts with the defense where 
if you're back to a little bit more of your dominant selves and you're getting off the field and you're you're hyping up your offense and you you know that thing and then the offense is sustaining drives again running the football imposing their will keeping the defense like all of that stuff coincides so right now um i need the 49ers to figure it out um you know but i do have hope that they will if you came on the show you know thinking that i was going to be on here yelling I don't know, man. I've just been in a much more zen place lately, possibly because I've been playing a lot of Spider-Man 2, um, which is a uh, shot at Rob because I know he can't. Um, I, I've i been chilling. I've just been, I just been, I, I've been vibing, man. That's it. So sorry, Rob. Didn't mean to bleep it out, Rob. I hate you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, bleep man. It bleep it out, Rob. Um, yeah, Steph, I don't know. I mean, I'm, I'm not sure there's anything else that I really want to touch on in this game. Um, no. You know, like. Me either. We been talking about the same. We been talking about the same thing for like <laughs> for three George weeks. George Kittle was like really good. Brendan Ayuk was really yeah. good. You know, Christian yeah, McCaffrey yeah. just scores touchdowns. That's cool. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know, man. I think that's it. Like, I think we know. Like, we have really good linebackers, but it's the front end and the back end, right? And for different reasons. You know, shout out to Eric Armstead. That was the best game that he's had in a long time too, and I'm really happy about that. Uh, be nice if Ayuk doesn't let passes bounce off his face. That's just another circumstance in a line of circumstances of to why the 49ers have lost them, right? Like, it's just when you add up all those mistakes, when you add up all those errors and everything, that's when you're going to end up with the result that you get there. And uh, oh, fortunately, yeah, we went from, like, pounding our chest 5-0 and to, like, uh-oh, uh, things are getting real fast. Yeah. Um, Jason, who's your number one trade target? Sorry if I missed it. Um, I, I want Montez Sweat or Daniel Hunter. Um, and obviously Jalen Johnson would be good, but I want to give some names that are, are lower level cornerbacks just in case, because Jalen Johnson may want with a trade, a long-term deal. And I'm not certain, mm-hmm. certain that's something that the 49ers can do. Um, Adore Jackson from the New York Giants, since they seem to be selling everyone. Thanks a lot for sending Leonard Williams to the damn Seattle Seahawks. Um, Dante Jackson from, from Carolina as well, too. Those are two outside corners that you can get probably for a lot less. Um, but Montez Sweat and Daniel Hunter, I would love to have uh, one of these, those two. But the other thing is, too, with Montez Sweat is the same thing. He's up for his contract as well, too. Um, so if, if you go all in for a rental, you better make sure that that rental is worth it and you have to win. You go mm-hmm. all in with a rental, you need to make sure it works. But there are some lower-level um, cornerbacks that can go out there. Like I said, Adore Jackson, Dante Jackson, I think that's those are good. Um, but Montez Sweat and Daniel Hunter, those, those would be ideal as well. Um, I, it was kind of, I don't know what, I don't want to say concerning, but like Kyle on Monday was like, it doesn't sound like there's a lot of options out there. So now I'm uh-huh. like, man, man, do they even make a trade? But that was before Jalen Johnson, you know, formally requested a trade so he could be had, but that makes me feel like, what if they don't make a move? <laughs> Jay looks stressed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Ooh, that's crazy. Man. That's crazy. You know, you know what we were you know, remember early on in the year, right? We were five and oh, and I just was like, Steph, I'm things are going too well. I was like, I don't like this. It's a little too quiet, She's right? Drop. Yeah, when's the when's the, the bullet coming? When's the knife coming, man? Here we are. Um, this mm-hmm. is kind of what I was thinking about. So if you want to blame anybody, blame me. Like if that makes you feel better, you can blame me. Um, just because things were going too too well, way too well. And it doesn't make sense. Um, that's not how the league is, and that's not how these 49ers team operates. So you can blame me for that, you know, if you want, like, you know, because I was pessimistic. Yeah. I mean, it's easier to blame. It, <laughs> it's easier to blame something that has nothing to do with the team when you're trying to figure out what's going on with the team. So I'll, I'll fall on this sword. Um, and then remember when I was saying like, hey, 
you know, sometimes it's really hard to like come and talk about this team. And it's just like those weeks weren't, yeah, these last three weeks have been a chore. Um, mm. It's not fun watching losing. So Michael McCann says, in my opinion, Wilkes has to go. Someone from the system should be promoted. Trade for a shutdown corner and O-line help. Give Purdy some time. The problem is, Michael, two things. One, getting rid of your DC in the middle of the season is highly, like, it's it's hard. It's hard to do that, right? Because now, you, now you're going to bring someone else in, and now, you've, now you're really revamping everything, right? Um, and then with the trading for O-line, people don't trade linemen because they're so hard yeah. to find. It, they're just so hard to find. I would argue that the drop-off from starting linemen to backup linemen is the biggest fall-off of any position in the NFL. In the NFL, besides quarterback, right? Like, starting right tackle, your backup right tackle, that's a huge fall-off. Every single position, the backups are markedly worse. Nobody has a backup that they're sitting there and they're just like, oh, it's all right, we've got this guy and he's really good. O-line is so hard to find that people don't ever trade it. Daniel Brunskill is not walking through that door either, Bubba. That's who we should trade for. Let's get him back. <laughs> we need Daniel Brunskill back. But um, the Wilkes thing, I think, again, it just needs to be tweaking. I don't think you can make the move to, to get rid of a defensive coordinator in the middle of the season. And then the O-line thing is people just don't trade O-linemen. They don't unless they unless they like are like begging to get out, right? Like it just it's so hard to find linemen that you just don't give them away. What do you think, Steph? I thought it was interesting that Richard Sherman and he's not the first person who has like kind of hinted that, you know, the 49ers could look to make some changes during this bye week. I mean, Kyle Shanahan even said he was pretty honest about the fact that, you know, they're going to they're going to talk this week. Him and Wilkes, you know, they did discuss the being on the sideline thing among one of the things they'll discuss. Um, But I don't know, like what. I think you're right, Jay. Like, what kind of changes could we even see that would actually help? We already talked about the sideline thing. That's not really an issue in our minds. And to your point just now, um, like, if you fire Steve Wilkes, who who do you make the interim, right? Mm-hmm. And if you had a if you have a choice for interim, like, why wasn't he chosen as the defensive coordinator to begin with, right? Like, right. If, if they already had a candidate in mind. Mm-hmm. that person would have been the defensive coordinator. But clearly, like, I don't feel like there's anyone who they feel is at that level or, you know, at least yet uh, to feel confident about that. So I don't know if that's a move either. Um, you could, you know, relieve him of the plate calling duties because like you also pointed out earlier that, you know, that he wasn't doing that in Carolina. Um, but then, okay, who takes on that responsibility? You know what I mean? So, I don't know if it's that simple. I'm sure they'll discuss a number of things, but I don't think we're there yet. I know a lot of fans think we're at that point, but I'm going to see what happens after this bye week. I'm sure adjustments will be made on both sides. And then if no changes happen, we could see things get ugly. But (laughs) the bye week is that opportunity, right? The bye week is a chance to be like, okay, let's look at everything, lay it all out there see what's working, see what's not. And then if, yeah, if after that things still aren't working, then yeah, you, you do have decisions to make, but I thought it was interesting. What'd you think about uh, Sherman's comments? Um, I think that Richard Sherman continues to be one of the smartest guys in the league um, that, that cover um, the league. And, and obviously when he was a player, he was because 
even when Sherm was in his prime, he he had physical gifts, but it was always him understanding route concepts and and what's going on. Like he's he went to Stanford. Um, it's a smart smart guy. Um, it would be it would be awesome if maybe you know what Sherm, forget Amazon. You know, come on home. Maybe you should be the DC here because he'd have that energy on the sideline, right? You know, um, is it as simple as all that? Probably not. But I, I, I felt when I listened to Sherm talk, I felt player frustration. Like mm-hmm. he's watching it and he's reacting like how a player would about the, the the changes, right? And he's seeing things that he's like, "Why are we doing this? Why are we doing this?" Quick story, right? Um, a former player that I've spoken to, right? Do you guys remember the 2020 um, season, which I hope you guys forget, um, the first week against Arizona, that that first game? Okay. Mm. So that whole week during practice, that team, the 49ers were staying off 12, 10, 15 yards, right? And and that was a game where Kyler was just, you know, getting whatever he wanted down the field. And during the week, Sherman's yelling at the top of his lungs and get ready to bleep it out. This shit gonna get us beat. This shit is gonna get us beat, and that's player frustration. You can tell that he he understands all those things. And now there has to be give and take with players, and you know, um, taking feedback from the players. But Sherman is smart enough to see all that stuff, man. Like he really is. Like he is one of the most cerebral players. So it he's seen it when he was here. Um, for that was uh, that's a one game plan specific. That that wasn't him talking about anything crazy. And then obviously you know, whatever happened in 2020, which is like all injuries, but he's smart enough to know all that stuff. And I, and I trust him a lot because I, I do think he is that smart. My concern with that Jay is that if he's seen it from the mind of a player and I think he is, then They're that's how I kind of, yeah, that's, yeah. that's how I feel the players are looking right yeah. now. And I, I saw like that picture circulating of the players in at halftime sitting with the, Wilkes and they got these looks on their faces and I'm like man like that I said a couple weeks ago they're looking at Steve Wilkes like Melvin Gordon was looking at Russell Wilson last year um <laughs> that, it's not that, that, good the one thing we got from Steve Wilkes is that excellent meme of him in the booth where like the guy is like just shaking him and he's just like mm-hmm. <laughs> he's just dead I literally face. literally before we went live I was like you guys want Steve Wilkes on the sideline just so he could look like that when yeah. his defense makes a good play, like yeah. that—that's why the, you know, that that thing is overblown. That storyline, but right. yeah, that's that's my concern. That he, like, I don't want it to get to a point where he's lost the locker room. Um, and so, look, bye week is the opportunity to get things right. If you don't, it might be too late. Yeah. Oh, all right. <sighs> 42 minutes in. Um, I think that's a good place. Yeah, I'm just I'm just tired stuff. I really am. 42 minutes in. Um, thank you guys for joining. Um, make sure that you like this video, subscribe to the channel, hit that notification bell for when we go live. Um, make sure that you subscribe to the Bully Ball Podcast and the Gold Standard Podcast Network wherever you get your audio podcasts. Make sure you go to goldstandardiners.com. Follow Steph on Twitter at Steph49K. Follow me on Twitter at Jason Aponte2103. Steph, enjoy the bye week. Um We'll be back uh, possibly uh, with some breaking news about the trade deadline. So uh, keep keep it locked to the channels as well, too. Probably some emergency episodes today. But uh, for Steph, for Jay, enjoy the weekend. We're out of here. <laughs> Peace.